Welcome to the IEEE Big Data Podcast, an IEEE Future Directions Digital Studio production. The healthcare industry is a major source of big data, primarily through the burgeoning biomedical field, with data quality and data integration paramount to its overall success. This is a priority for Dr. May Wang, Associate Professor at the Georgia Institute of Technology and Director of the Biocomputing and Bioinformatics Corps in the Emory Georgia Tech Center of Cancer Nanotechnology Excellence. Dr. Wang hopes to further advance and accelerate the translation of biomedical discovery, development, and delivery through comprehensive biomedical and health informatics, also known as biomedical big data analytics, for personalized and predictive healthcare. Her thoughts on the future of big data with a biomedical twist offer a unique angle that she aptly breaks down in this podcast installment. Uh, So biomedical big data is actually referring to the data not only has a big volume, but more importantly, it's also referring to data that's very complex, such as the big variety of data, big uh, different velocity of the data, means the data being acquired on different time intervals, and the veracity, which actually is referring to the big data quality uh, issue, uh, as well as the important thing is how to not just the data itself, but what are the real meaning and the knowledge contained in the data. Plus, privacy, security, so all different areas of the property of the data. We call one major characteristic of big data. On top of that, we also define that big data as the data characteristic plus the data analytics. In the data analytics, our major, larger definition is related to how do you actually know which algorithms works the best for certain type of uh, like big biomedical data. So all together, the big data characteristic plus the big data analytics, we call it big data. Actually, data quality has an issue in biomedical area, largely due to the acquisition process. Uh, Some are systematic data uh, problem. Some are non-systematic, random errors. So in the biomedical big data, the way we try to improve the data quality usually involves a few different steps. One step is directly on the data acquisition phase. We're trying to be able to, for example, add a human curator to double-check the electronic health record before we make it a permanent record. Those kind of double check can fix a lot of uh, like unexpected uh, random error. On top of that, then we want to be able to deal with, for example, big missing data. Missing data sometimes because the patient do not need all the tests. Sometimes people do need a test, but the test was not well well, recorded. For that kind of a the issue that we actually try to utilize the computational method to assist in addition to the human curation in the data acquisition. So for example, if it's a missing data, we try to see what kind of missing data it is. If the missing data are the one that can be easily recovered from neighboring data points. If they are, there is a certain way to just recover the missing data. There are some other missing data if they mean to be like uh, uh, missing. 
And then we want to know if that's the case. We hint that we don't do much, but we need to separate those from the one that can be recovered. So that's why dealing with the quality, we're using a computational approach plus the human, human curation, double check, trying to improve the data quality. I think the most important like a potential future for the biomedical big data area in five to 10 years are the several things I already summarized in my talk. Number one is hopefully a more data quality improvement computational method. Uh, second one, we need to really be able to integrate different type of uh, measurement about a human being. For example, the molecular information about the person's genetics makeup, the diagnostic imaging, or even the behavior imaging, such as you use an iPhone to take, take a picture of your food intake every day, right, to calculate what's your food intake. So, or you wear the Fitbit that's continuous physiological data about the person. All together, in five to ten years, we should be able to find uh, analytics that can handle that. At this moment, we do not have a handy uh, analytic tool for that, largely because our lack of understanding of what is for what. So that's why the integration itself is still very rudimentary. In the future, we need to be able to integrate the data, information, knowledge at all levels. So that's the second uh, thing. I think in five to ten years, we should be able to see it. The third thing I talk about today, which is how to develop a causal model to not only looking at the symptom of the person, but also to be able to identify what are the causes for the person to get where he is. That one, in my view, is probably going to take more than 10 years, largely because, just think about it from 1980s when people start talking about AI, only until uh, recently, now the Watson can play chess, right? So the, for medicine, it's even longer because uh, to be able to convert the data into meaningful medical knowledge, it takes a lot of uh, expertise. So, And then the last piece uh, in five to ten years, I think there is a chance for that to have a big jump. There's real-time clinical decision support. So basically, right now, we have a Fitbit. We have a lot of continuous monitoring data. For many years, we don't have it. Now we have it. So a lot of the existing advancement in communication, real-time communication, big data analytics, hopefully can be utilized for this medical, the real-time streaming data. So we can actually be able to develop the real-time streaming data analytics to assist in real-time decision-making. Thank you for listening to our interview with Dr. Mei Wang. Discover more about the IEEE Big Data Initiative and listen to other podcasts in this series by visiting our web portal at bigdata.ieee.org.